Oh, I've been waiting for this week, and here we go with championship week and a blur of conference tournament action. Dozens and dozens and dozens of games that will unfold all throughout this week. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am your humble host, TJ Reeves, and we are we are just geared up. We got our track shoes ready to go uh, for this week and all the conference tournament action. I'm excited, actually, to be part of the Horizon League Championship game broadcast on TuneIn. You can follow me at Buck Sideline Guy, B-U-C, Buck Sideline Guy. I'll be uh, putting out all of the social media links to the games that I'll be working at National Digital Radio on TuneIn, Horizon League, semifinals Monday night, depending on when you're listening to us, Tuesday night championship game for an automatic bid. My colleague Mark Wise will be joining me for the Tuesday night championship game uh, in all of that action. So the games, again, on TuneIn and their service under college basketball uh, for the Horizon League Championship. So I can't wait for that. Speaking of Mark, he'll be with me in a little bit here on the show uh, talking up the SEC. Uh, they're into the regular season, their conference tournament coming up, as well as the American Conference, which concluded on Sunday with their regular season, seeing the Houston Cougars win the outright championship and their tournament coming up in Memphis, Tennessee. So Mark will have insight on both of those. My man Ari Russell will be here as well. Ari in the uh, New York City area will be covering the Big East tournament for us on College Basketball Coast to Coast. He has done that as part of this podcast and many different broadcasting endeavors now for the last few years. So I look forward to uh, who's going to win the Big East tournament. That's what I want to talk to Ari about. It is as wide open. It's like Jerry Rice back in the day for the 49ers with Joe Montana wide open all the time. It's wide open for who's going to win the Big East tournament between Villanova and Marquette, who can't seem to get out of their own way. Is it a Seton Hall, a St. John's, a Georgetown, somebody else? We'll talk to Ari about that. And then Deshaun Tate is also with me from Atlanta. Tate's take sports. Love Deshaun's insight on the college basketball game in the field of 68 that will be shaped coming on Sunday night for Selection Sunday night. I'm anxious to talk with him about everything that's going to unfold in the Big Ten tournament, the ACC tournament. So Deshaun Tate, a little bit later on in the show so let's get cranking there's a lot to get to and discuss as we uh, we already know that kansas uh, got knocked off in the big 12 regular season race kansas state ends up as the big 12 regular season champs and the number one seed edging out texas tech on the tiebreaker as the two seed kansas will still be dangerous in, in their tournament lsu won the sec but there's the controversy with coach will wade being suspended due to the federal investigation into to paying of players through Adidas and Will Wade allegedly on a wiretap talking about paying players. The school has been proactive. They've suspended him indefinitely. So even though LSU's the top seed, there's a dark cloud around them for the upcoming SEC tournament this week in Nashville. So we'll talk about them. Uh, again, Virginia, the one seed uh, with North Carolina in the ACC tournament. Uh, on and on down the list, Michigan State won the Big Ten. Even though Washington is the top seed in the Pac-12, how many Pac-12 teams are going to get in? We'll talk about all of this with our guests. It's a special championship week edition of college basketball coast to coast. We're ready to crank it up. Let's go. Here he is, the nomad, the traveler. I love the inside of this man working all kinds of college hoops, including he's eventually going to get with me a couple of times for championship week. Let's welcome back into college basketball, coast to coast, 
Mark Wise, a former Purdue and South Florida assistant, a great analyst on ESPN's family of networks, including the SEC network. Mark has worked with me through SiriusXM, Fox Sports Radio, TuneIn, on all the college hoops coverage. You are hopping all over the place. At the time we're talking, you're coming off the SEC regular season finale, Mississippi State winning in Starkville. You're going to work the Southern Conference Championship game on ESPN TV. Find Mark whenever you're hearing us here, maybe before or after. Uh, Mark will be on the Southern Conference Championship game call uh, on the ESPN family of networks coming on Monday night. And then you'll be with me for the Horizon League Championship. Get those air miles going, brother. You'll be with me for the Horizon uh, Teams to be Determined Championship game on Tuesday night in Detroit, downtown Detroit. Good to have you. The blur of basketball. Do you have time to exhale? You want to exhale once before this week gets underway? You good? Heck no, man. Let's do it. This this is, the you know, starting uh, Saturday for the next four weeks, is there anything better in terms of the madness, uh, Champ Week, leading yeah. to Selection Sunday, and then, of course, the three weeks that we all love known as the NCAA Tournament. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right, let's go, let's go chronologically. SEC has been put to bed, and the bracket is out for their tournament in Nashville. Uh, you will be working that as well as part of radio duties, but you've worked it all year, TV, again, ESPN networks, SEC network. So it shakes out now that LSU gets the one seed by virtue of their easy win over Vanderbilt. Uh, that means Kentucky is the two and Tennessee is the three. Significance, as you shared with us before on College Basketball Coast to Coast, they are potentially meeting now in the semifinals on Saturday instead of a championship game on Sunday. And South Carolina grabbed the four seed out of all of this. Um, all right, so let's begin at the top with LSU just for a second. Great season, but now shrouded in controversy with Will Wade suspended indefinitely. Mark, give me a thought or two on their situation as they head to Nashville as the one seed coming off the regular season. They should be celebrating, but there's there's a black cloud over it. Well, I have three thoughts. One is Will Wade, like any coach, will get his day, um, and, and he'll get a chance to explain himself. Number two, if you do run a, a – uh, amidst the fa- the rules of the NCAA, I have no sympathy for you. Punish swiftly, punish severely. And then third, as it relates to on the floor, what becomes of Javante Smart? They held him out in the regular season final. Does he play in the SEC tournament? Uh, I, that's a big unknown. If I'm a committee member, uh, I certainly want to see LSU play with or without him. In other words, it might be a new evaluation, and if you're going to evaluate teams with injured players missing, wouldn't you also evaluate teams with their coach yeah. missing? So I think a lot is up in the air for LSU. And to your point, Bernard Muir, the head of the selection committee, was in the studio on CBS Sunday afternoon with Greg Gumble, Clark Kellogg, Seth Davis, and he was specifically asked about Will Wade in this situation. He said, we've got to evaluate them as they play in the tournament and how they do. Uh, in other words, if they were to lose an opening round game, which is against either Arkansas or Florida, uh, in their game coming on uh, what would that be Friday, then you'd have to evaluate how much not having the coach, as you mentioned, not, not having the player smart. If he doesn't play, they've got to evaluate it as it comes. Uh, just generally speaking, though, the coach, I think, is a little less uh, of the magnitude than the player if it's a superstar player in how you're evaluating. Because, for example, LSU won easily over Vanderbilt. I knew they, I know they were winless. 
Uh, they won easily without Will Wade. They might win convincingly without Smart and without Will Wade here against Florida and Arkansas. Again, I think the subtraction of the player is a bigger deal in some cases than the coach, and maybe in this case with, with Will Wade here. One more thought on that? No, I'm going to disagree with you. Remember, Florida beat LSU in Baton Rouge. They were fortunate to beat Florida in Gainesville in overtime. I think not having your coach, not having that voice that you've had for the first 30 games of the season, I think it's a big deal. All right. So fair enough on that. And again, Kentucky uh, gets their win to get the two seed. We said look out for that Auburn-Tennessee game, and Auburn gets the victory over the Big Orange, knocking them down to the three seed. Auburn now ends up as the five seed by virtue of that win. Uh, Besides those three Godzillas, is Auburn the next most dangerous team? South Carolina numerically is the four seed, but is Auburn maybe – the next most dangerous team to make a run in Nashville. One more quick thought. I think you could make the case for that. Uh, Austin, Austin Wiley, does he come back and play in the SEC tournament? Uh, that's another uh, big cloud for Auburn. So uh, I want to go ahead and say yes, the way they've, they've played much better uh, the, down the stretch of the SEC tournament. But again, I look at the bottom half of that bracket and all I can see is Kentucky and Tennessee and the thing. That stands out to me, does Reed Travis play or not? Right, for Kentucky. Now, Mississippi State you had on Saturday, their finale win over Texas A&M. Might they be trouble for Tennessee in a quarterfinal game? How much trouble could they be for Tennessee in that matchup in Nashville? Well, here's the thing. If you have great guard play in the postseason, as you and I have discussed for years, uh, you always are going to have a, a chance and in the last two months of the regular season, Quindary Weatherspoon is shooting 50% from the arc. In his last five games, Tyson Carter, 50% from the arc. When you have that kind of sharp shooting, yeah, you're a, you're a danger. No doubt. All right, a few more minutes here with Mark Wise. Again, he's been busy. You'll catch him, and maybe you're hearing us after. You'll catch him on the call of the Southern Conference Championship game on ESPN, teams to be determined uh, in the title game on Monday night. Tuesday night, Horizon League on TuneIn with me on the national digital radio call of the of the uh, the league that Wright State, Northern Kentucky are in, teams to be determined from Detroit. Automatic bid on the line on Tuesday night. Can't wait to be with Mark for these games and all through Championship Week. You've worked a lot of American Conference basketball in your ESPN TV duties. At the time we're talking now, Houston has secured the number one seed in the upcoming American Conference tournament in Memphis, my hometown. What a beatdown of Cincinnati. A great scoring run in the second half. Kelvin Sampson's team captures the regular season title. A, a quick comment or two from you about the job they did. Well, again, Corey Davis goes off today uh, shooting the ball. Armani Brooks makes, uh, I think, three in the second half. It's another team that is tough-minded from a tough-minded coach. Uh, They just get after you. They're not the most skilled team block-to-block on the offensive end, but, man, do they battle for every loose ball. If you want a chance to beat Houston, you better get your share of the 50-50 balls because you're going to be bruised after you play them. I know that Memphis is a hot ticket right now in terms of being on that side of the bracket as the five seed. Um, I think they've got a shot. I think any time you have a player that's doing what Jeremiah Martin is doing, I think it's, uh, it always gives you a chance. But i got to tell you, I think the best feel-good story for me in the American is Temple winning on the last weekend, beating UCF. 
I think Temple's in. I think it's a great story for Fran Dumpy in his swan song at Temple. Of course, the UCF team defeated Houston at Houston, only Houston's second loss of the entire year. They did that last Saturday at the time that we're talking now. They came back midweek and beat Cincinnati on Thursday night. Couldn't beat Temple at Temple, but I, I believe Johnny Dawkins' team played its way in. Does the American Conference right now have four teams, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and Temple, that are in? Mark-wise, do we put them in ink? What do you think? Put them in. Four. The American Conference is getting four. Temple's in. UCF is safely, safely in. Uh, one hypothetical, if Memphis makes the run and wins the tournament on their home floor, not completely far-fetched that that could happen, could it take away an American bid, or is that five American teams at that point, and it's a bid from no, somewhere that'll, else? That'll be, no, no, that'll be five. That'll, that'll take away a bid from somebody closer to the edge of the bubble. That won't be Temple. All right, so there you go. Some SEC, some American. This man, again, the Southern Conference from UNC Asheville. Again, Monday night, teams to be determined. You probably know those teams if you're listening to us on Monday that are playing the title game. This man will be on the call on ESPN TV. I'm anxious for Motor City Madness with you, my friend, on Tuesday night uh, in downtown Detroit for the Horizon League Championship game in an automatic bid. Like you like to say, get that ball ready. Let's throw it up in the air. Let's go for Championship Week, right? I'll see you in Detroit on Tuesday. It is college basketball coast to coast. And again, we're brought to you in part by Free Throw Awareness Month, that hashtag FT Awareness Month. Go to that hashtag. Go to the Twitter handle as well, at Free Throw Awareness Month, because we're talking all about teams that are either making them or missing them and perhaps damaging or destroying their postseason hopes in the month of March. We've got merchandise available. You can find out more about your favorite school colors for Free Throw Awareness Month for the shirts and the merchandise. Uh, Giveaways that we've got coming along down the pike for the month of March. Check it out as part of the hashtag Free Throw Awareness Month on social media, on Twitter. Use that hashtag. And again, my colleague Matt Zimmick will be by to talk more about Free Throw Awareness Month, more in this podcast a little bit later on. But again, uh, we're all about it. Friends don't let friends miss the front ends. It's the hashtag FT Awareness Month. It's Free Throw Awareness Month. It's here upon us. Make those foul shots. You know it is that time. We've got conference tournaments. We've got so much to discuss and to help me decipher what's going on in New York. At the Garden and the Big East Tournament, I'm going to welcome back Coach Ari, Ari Russell, one of my wingmen from back in the days with SiriusXM, as well as with TuneIn and covering the Big East Tournament. He's been with me at the Final Four as well, and I welcome him back here to College Basketball Coast to Coast. All right, so we know two things. The field is set for Madison Square Garden, and, and am I correct? We have no idea who's going to win this tournament, Ari. <laughs> I mean, the last, what, uh, two and a half weeks of the Big East, have you, it's, if you're a gambling person, <laughs> you're, you must have gone in completely insane. I'm not one of and those. Broke. I, I and broke. And in debt. Life. And broke, yes. And, you're, and you have oh, no money left. Yeah, exactly. Your card just got repossessed. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, and that's great. That's great for, for, for the tournament's purposes, because, we have no idea who's going to come out. It could be anyone. I, I mean, is there is there a conference this tight? I think about it. Like um, between the three seed and the what is it? How many teams they have in there? The, ten uh, total, right? What is it? Ten seed. Ten seed. Uh, there's there's literally a two game difference between all. Like either it's either you have a seven eleven record or a nine and nine record. 
you know, between the three and ten seeds. It's crazy. Hey, that's, uh, there is no conference like that. And, and then, really and then you've got, okay, but then you've got the team that won the league, and that's Villanova at 13-5 right. and five, that has lost five times in the last three weeks, including losing on Saturday to Seton Hall. You've got Marquette, yeah. who's the two-seed, who loses on senior day to Georgetown. Out of the Power Six, and I, can, I, I do include the Big East and the Power Six with the other uh, Big Five conferences, I, I don't think there's another situation where you look at the one and two seed and say they could both lose on, on Thursday. They could lose their first Thursday. game and both be out, Ari. Very easily. Very easily could happen. Uh, I mean, I, I think Villanova's chance of losing the first game is, is obviously the, the, you know, not as much as Marquette. Um, but, you know, again, it's who knows. I mean, Providence last year had a nice run. And, you know, I, I, and Villanova, they're, they're not, they're, they're really starting to show, you know, some significant vulnerabilities. That, that said, this has been a tournament that they've pretty much dominated over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, I would think that plays somewhat of a role with uh, Jay Wright and his preparation for this. Uh, I don't see Villanova really losing in the quarterfinal. I see Marquette, you know, especially if they play against the St. John's, uh, that that arena is going to be rocking on Thursday night uh, at 7 o'clock because that's the home team. So if St. John's gets past the Paul, the way, you know, St. John's been playing of late is, you know, who knows? They haven't, they, they knock off the top teams in, in, in the conference and then, you know, lose to, uh, you know the the weaker teams, but the thing is that there's there really aren't weak teams in the Big East. There's mediocre teams, and you know Villanova and Marquette have been pretty good until late, and they've been kind of they've kind of fell down to mediocrity like the rest of the conference. It's, it's crazy. Let's talk about that St. John's team. All right, so they lose again, three straight losses. Uh, to end the regular season, they lose to Xavier, swept now by Xavier in the last week and a half of the season. They are now 62 in the net rankings, and I know they've got Quadrant 1 wins, and they've got huge wins in this conference, a sweep of Marquette, a win over Villanova at home, but i got to believe they are going to be very nervous. If they don't beat DePaul in that game that you mentioned, I think they're going to be very nervous here uh, waiting about 48 to 72 hours for what that selection committee does about putting them in at large. Ari, how how nervous are they going to be if they don't take care of business and beat DePaul? And DePaul just beat them um, uh, last week in Chicago. Uh, wh- what about that scenario here? If they lose, is St. John's going to have played their way out? It's possible. It's, it depends. There, there's, there's conferences that it's cannibalized itself and this tournament actually, I think, play, is going to play a major role in which teams in the Big East, outside of Marquette and Villanova, actually make this tournament. Um, you know, I don't think Xavier is going to make it. Uh, you know, I Crane, I don't think so. But this really is is to see what happens with St. John's, Georgetown, and Seton Hall. Um, you know, and again, but but a big run by Xavier. You know, a big run by. Um, you know, I, Seton I don't Hall. know about Creighton. Seton Hall. Yeah, I mean, Who, Seton Hall, I think, has a good spot right now. They, they've been playing well, and uh, they they have a good shot to make the tournament right now uh, better. You know, pro- they're in a better position, obviously, than St. John's are. But, but you know, that Georgetown-Seton Hall game is very interesting uh, because both are on the bubble. I mean, there's so many teams on the bubble, and depending on, you know, how they, they equate themselves this week, it, it's going to be interesting to see you know, really which teams come out and which teams are going to get the at-large. But I agree with you. St. John's is very vulnerable there against uh, DePaul on Wednesday evening, and, and they really have to pull that one off to, I guess, feel a little bit more comfortable about the bubble. But again, still, 
Um, you know, they then yeah, you know, do they have to win two games? I don't know. I think St. John's resume outside of just you know their quadrant one wins is you know they when they start their their uh, you know earlier season wins where we've had some good wins there and uh, obviously you know victories over Marquette and then Villanova. Uh, in the tournament, I mean, in the conference before the tournament is was was pretty significant for them. However, those those wins got a little weaker considering how Marquette and Villanova played the last couple of weeks. They didn't do they didn't do uh, Mark uh, St. John's and Marquette or Villanova didn't do St. John's any favors by you know losing as they did towards the end of the season, the regular sure. season. Ari Russell with yeah. me. A few more minutes. College basketball, coast to coast. He'll be covering the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. We'll have him on throughout our coverage after Selection Sunday takes place, uh, as well as the NCAA tournament. You know the Big East is going to get at least three teams. Villanova and Marquette are safely in. There's going to be a third team, whether that's Seton Hall or St. John's. St. John's, again, was kind of leader in the clubhouse till the last three games here of the regular season. The question is, do they get a fourth team? And again, for Seton Hall's resume, they're 61 in the net. They have six Quadrant 1 wins. Seton Hall, again, 66 in the net, five Quadrant 1 wins. But Seton Hall playing a little better basketball. And again, if the scenario exists where St. John's loses on on Wednesday here in this tournament and Seton Hall goes ahead and wins Thursday night against Georgetown and has a win that St. John's doesn't have in the tournament and Seton Hall makes the semifinals and St. John's does not, that may be enough. You don't know for sure, but that may be enough for the selection committee to say, put Seton Hall in, St. John's gets left out, Big East gets three teams. Possible. We don't know, but it's possible. I think the the Big East gets more than three teams. Um, More question is whether they get five. I doubt it's five, but I think think they're going to get four. It's just which four are they? And it's really at this point between Georgetown and St. John's, considering what you just mentioned about Seton Hall. Seton Hall is probably better – the stronger on the bubble at this point, St. John's and Georgetown are really the two teams that, that are, that are the shakiest. Uh, they both can end up making it, making it in uh, the tournament as well. So it could end up going from three teams to five teams. I think it's four uh, at this point, just because of the way, the way that the rest of the, uh, you know, the country is, is laid out here. I mean, you're talking about a PAC 12 conference. I mean, how many teams are they going to get in? You know, I think exactly. get in two? they might just get in two. You know, well, if Washington, but I mean, if Washington wins the tournament, about, I mean, we keep preaching this. It may be one. We won't know that until the weekend plays out, until Saturday night late plays out. But if Washington right. is the champion and the automatic bid holder, you may be looking at one Pac-12 team, and the Big East may be cheering that on uh, to get an extra team in. And there could be some other conferences cheering that on too. That it might happen. Now we got to look at these other conferences too. You know, obviously the Pac-12 is weakened. But just because they're weakened, we've got a couple of conferences here. You know, is Wofford, if they don't win their tournament, are they going to get an at-large bid? I think yes. I think yes. You know, it's possible. What about Buffalo and the MAC? If they don't win their – I mean, it's going to They're in. They're in if they don't win the MAC. That takes two bids out of the MAC. Yes, two two bids will come from the MAC, and it takes one from somewhere else. What about Belmont? You know, I mean, Belmont is a a great year this year. Uh, You know, uh, so uh, what about them? I mean, they were – Looking pretty good, and you know, obviously, so that's Ohio Valley. So you're talking about three mid majors that could possibly have, you know, and and usually what happens, TJ, and we know this, we talk about this during this week. Oh, maybe two bids. Usually they get screwed over. You know, they they do screw over the smaller conferences. Um, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you. Like I know people talk about this stuff. If it's between a St. John's, which is the New York market, and a Wofford or Belmont, what do you think? <laughs> right or a Belmont? I mean. 
you know, I know people want to talk about the integrity of this, the integrity of that. Like, you know, this is a money-making operation, the NCAA is, you know. And uh, and I know how difficult the selection committee is, but if it's a flip-the-coin matter between between uh, you know Wofford and St. John's, like I'm going to be surprised if St. John's doesn't get it. I mean, you're talking about the largest TV market in the country getting you know at least one game in the tournament. Yep. You know, uh, and, and shoot, they might even throw them in on one of the uh, St. John's on one of the uh, the whatever first pre-game. four, right? The, the first, the first four, right? The first four coming in Dayton could yeah. be all right. So uh, and, you know, so, they, so again, you believe four for sure. I don't know that it's four for sure. I believe it's three for sure. Which three for the Big East? And again, some of this will have to do uh, with the tournament. I, I'm curious about that Marquette team because they got the great win over Villanova, but again, St. John swept them. Bad loss on Senior Day. I know Georgetown needed the win. They got the win. I, could Marquette be one and done, and could it damage their seating for the NCAA tournament? They're safely in, but Marquette a couple of weeks ago was maybe looking at Big East regular season title, maybe being something like a three seed. Might they be a four, a five, maybe even a six seed here at the end of the season now, especially if they lose in the first round of the tournament? Let's see. Let's see what happens uh, with that. One more for the audience, because you're going to be there later on this week. I keep relying on you for this. What is it like, especially on semifinal Friday night and championship game Saturday night, when all of this unfolds and, and the garden is packed and there's automatic bid on the line on Saturday night? What's all that like? I mean, it's just, it's just it's, first off, it, the fans are very uh, knowledgeable fans. These are very knowledgeable fans. So, you know, you get a good educated fan base, per se, as far as basketball is concerned. So they kind of know what they're talking about. They kind of know what they're rooting for. Um, you know, again, the, the energy of the garden and with the new renovations, it's much more uh, comfortable to watch sporting events there than it was before, where it felt like you're getting asbestos poisoning uh, in the past. Now <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cleaner environment, better, better concessions. It's just nicer. Uh, and the views are pretty good. So, I, you know, it, it really is going to depend. Like I said, if Villanova gets there on, on uh, you know, on, on Friday night, I think that's going to play a big role. They've been really showing out really well. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the conference would prefer, I mean, I don't know if they prefer, but it would be nice for the conference for to get St. John's there on Friday night as well, because then you're getting them in a prime time spot that that would be huge for a Friday night, but either way, like they, they're, and Seton Hall's going to, you know, it's going to show some show out well, pretty too, because they're pretty close by there in South Orange isn't too far about a 25 mile, maybe less, you know, maybe it's like 15, 20 miles from the city. Um, you know, so, so that would be pretty cool. And I mean, again, you know, I, I personally would like to see the, the originals make it to the finals. Uh, then this case, you know, whether it's Villanova or Providence, um, you know, Georgetown, Seton Hall or St. John's, that'd be pretty, it's always cool when you have one of the original founding members of the big East to make it, you know, past the, uh, the, the first couple of rounds here. So, you know, but if that's the case, then you're really going to get the old school big East buzz. But still, I mean, I've, I've been there where Creighton's been around, and uh, they travel pretty well. Every team that brings their crowd. It's, it's, a, it's a tournament that still creates a lot of buzz. Well, you mentioned and, Providence, and to your travel. point. You mentioned Providence, and a year ago they won two, the quarterfinal and semifinal games, overtime games, and then took Villanova to overtime, and they had their crowd there because Providence, not that far away, make your way into New York Friday night, Saturday night. They had some people there going crazy for Ed Cooley's yeah. team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, Providence, and they'll come through. Like, I don't know how much they're going to be there on Wednesday, 
um, you know, at seven. But, you know, they get through the first round. I think oh, you, you're going to see a nice little showing there on Thursday evening against Villanova. And definitely by the time Friday comes, people will be coming down even more if, if Providence is able to sneak through to the semifinals. So, you know, they – but again, like, you know, Creighton actually travels better than you would think. Um, you know, they're they're quite the distance. Uh, you know, Xavier, uh, obviously, you know, they, they're – they do pretty well too, you know. So I don't know about a two thirty, how big the crowd is on a Thursday afternoon with Xavier. Um, you know, again, like the the crowds are much stronger at night. <laughs> you know, so like yeah, the fact that they're going to possibly have a St. John's Marquette and Georgetown Seton Hall, mm. uh, you're going to see a lot of Georgetown fans in that, and and I know quite a few of them are probably going to come up for that that Thursday night game for Seton Hall. All right, we'll see how it all is going to play out. Are you ready? Are you ready for all of this to unfold in New York and MSG and the Garden? And again, uh, there, there's craziness, wackiness. It is madness. It is March, but it may not get any wackier than what we're about to see in New York. We're just warning everybody. Brace for mayhem. If the end of the regular season is any indication, you might see something like a Butler-Seton Hall or a St. John's Creighton championship game out of this thing coming by the time it's all said and done. We'll see, Ari. It should be a lot of fun. It should be, and that's all possible. <laughs> Special Championship Week edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast brought to you in part by LRT Sports and their great service. If you've got a high school athlete, friend, family, maybe it's your own kid that is looking to go into college on the scholarship to play sports, go to lrt-sports.com. Great resource. Bust a bracket. Not your recruiting process. Use the folks at LRT Sports to help. All right, he's going to try to help me sort out both the Big Ten and the ACC tournaments that are upcoming, and there is a lot to discuss with the man that goes by the moniker Tate's Take Sports. He is Deshaun Tate. He is based in Atlanta, and I always appreciate his insight uh, here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. First of all, happy championship week we're getting ready for all of the mayhem i know you're excited i'm excited so uh here we go and let's roll up our sleeves first you're kind of in acc country first of all where north carolina knocked off duke for a second straight time without zion williamson virginia also victorious so virginia the one seed uh carolina shares the acc title they are the two seed Give me some thoughts as the ACC sorted out here with Carolina getting the big win the other night, but uh, but Virginia ends up being the one seed in the tournament. I still think that uh, Virginia is the team to beat here. I think Virginia is the, the, the front runner not only to win uh, the ACC. Uh, obviously, they, they win the, the con- regular season conference, but I think they're a front runner for the conference uh, tournament. I also think that in my personal opinion, you know, with the exception of a healthy Zion Williamson, I think that they're the front runners to win the national championship in Minneapolis. Uh, Carolina certainly helped themselves a lot by uh, beating Duke twice and sweeping the season, uh, you know, the, with, with those meetings. And I know a lot of people want to put some asterisks on, on that a little bit, in which I'm not really a big fan of. However, uh, you know, that they're, they're playing themselves into a position to potentially get a one seed as a team with about six or seven losses, which – it's a little odd. You don't see that too often, but I will tell you this much, TJ. I'm excited for all that March Madness is bringing, and all you know, the, what's up, coming up for the next three weeks—the most exciting and unpredictable three weeks in sports. You sit back and you look at it, TJ. When you have, you know, um, where you have the other sports, you know, you can almost guarantee in college football, Alabama is probably going to be near Clemson. Now, same thing with the NBA with Golden State Warriors, more than likely, and whatever team LeBron's on. 
And then last but not least, probably the Patriots are coming in the NFL. <laughs> right. This, you don't have that in college basketball. There's a lot of parity. There's a lot of unpredictability, and I'm just really excited about it. The ACC is one you want to keep close eyes on because of uh, Virginia, who's looking you know, to, for a little bit of payback, got a chip on their shoulder. Carolina, obviously, and, uh, and, and then Duke has their own issues, but they're strong, too. Yeah, and you mentioned Virginia trying to get that bad taste out of their mouth from losing to a 16 seed last year. So uh, you've got that component. And again, on Zion Williamson, at the time we're talking early in the week, again, you may know more about this as we progress on college basketball coast to coast. It looks as though he's going to try to play in their first game, in their first quarterfinal game, potentially against Syracuse. Give me, give me uh, your speculation here. How effective can he be? Will he be in that opening game or in this tournament? Let's just take a guess. What do you think? If he's playing, I think that he'll be extremely uh, effective. You know, the the bigger question will probably be, you know, what kind of will he be in? I can't imagine that a guy, especially of his size, at two eighty five when he went down in the injury, has been sitting back eating cheeseburgers or anything like that going to come out and, you know, be out of shape from that standpoint, from a weight gain standpoint. But certainly when you're just thinking about up and down game speed, it's probably been every bit of what, two to three weeks or so uh, since he's been out with the injury. And so uh, I would imagine that he hasn't just been sitting back like a fat cat and relaxing with his feet kicked up or anything. I'm sure he's been taking it really mild, but I'm I'm almost certain that he's been getting in some, uh, maybe not, full contact practices or anything like that, but certainly been moving around pretty good and working it out, doing more than just rehab type stuff. But there's certainly a totally different team with him, uh, you know, from a rebounding standpoint, you know, from a shot blocking standpoint. And, you know, he just kind of gets his guys that surround him as far as role players and whatnot. And even, you know, RJ take the load off of him as well. And uh, they, they rely on him a lot. I like everything that he brings to the table for this team. They look like a totally different team. If you don't have him going forward, then you're having different kinds of issues. However, uh, when you sit back and you look at this, TJ, about their opportunities and chances to not only win the ACC Conference Tournament, but to win the National Championship, Duke has five National Championships under Coach K, three of them under the same roof. That's 1991, 2010, and 2015 in Indianapolis. The other two, 1992 (laughs) and 2001 in Minneapolis. And ironically, it's in Minneapolis this year, so it should be good, especially with a healthy Zion. It's well done there that you've already connected those dots, but there's a long way between now and the first weekend in April for Duke, and let's see how big a factor Zion will be. One more on the ACC. I kind of hit you off the cuff. I mean, we know there are some given teams like Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Florida State, Virginia Tech. They're all in. Give me a team uh, that you think could make a run here or needs to make a run that maybe makes the NCAA tournament based on what they're about to do in the ACC tournament. Give me one real quick. Um, is a little bit more on the tougher side, personally. I, I know a lot of people like Florida State. Florida State's obviously, you know, a, a really good team. They're experienced team. They make it what to the Elite Eight last year, and you know everything that they bring to the table. They're one of they're one of those teams that's really tough. They could be a tough out. They've got athletes all across the board, and they've got some talent. They're not one of the more disciplined teams in the country by any stretch of the imagination. I talked to Josh Passner a few weeks ago. He said that he thinks that there's four ACC teams that can cut down the Nets and win national championship. That fourth team outside of the three we just talked about, he thought is Florida State. I'm not going to go that far. Are they a, a Final Four team potentially? I think potentially, sure. 
Um, but, you know, that, that that's just one of those teams. I'm not the highest on Florida State, but that's one of them that certainly in a year like this could cash out to get into yep. Minneapolis and making a run. Yeah, and again, for teams like Louisville, they're 22 in the net. Syracuse, 46 in the net. NC State is very interesting. Only two Quadrant One mm-hmm. wins, two and eight in the Quadrant mm-hmm. One, but they're thirty-two in the net. Do you do you think NC State has to win a game here? And if they were to be bounced without winning a game at the ACC tournament, they might be excluded. Or do you think they're safely in even if they lose? I don't think they're safe. I think that they have some work to do, uh, especially when you you know one of those games you score twenty-four points in a game. Now some people don't really look at that very much. Uh, but that's 24 points, not at the half, but in a total game. I think that the committee is going to look at that uh, just from a, a standpoint of not being a, 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 a quote-unquote, you know, a sexy team to put into, uh, the, into the NCAA tournament. And then you're just coming fresh off of a loss to Georgia Tech, yep. and that's not helping. There's been a lot of inconsistencies there, but, um, you know, the, I, I think the team that you mentioned just before that, first of all, NC State, I think, needs to win a minimum of two games in the conference tournament. That's A. B is outside of Florida State. I think there's a team that I like a little bit better than them. It's typically usually on the bubble uh, on, a, on a pretty regular occasion that can make some deep runs, and that team is Syracuse. You know, they're known for that. They barely get into the tournament every year in a lot of cases. Last year they knock off Michigan State, almost knock off Duke. They're going to be looking to be one of those teams that, you know, can make some very, very complicated matchup problems for the opposition because of their length, their athleticism. They're obviously very well coached, and they force you to shoot in, in, into that zone. So uh, definitely uh, outside of NC State, I think that Syracuse and, and over Florida State even, I think, is the team to watch out for in that four spot. Deshaun Tate with me, college basketball coast-to-coast for just a few more moments. We're previewing some conference tournaments, getting ready for championship week. Love the insight from him. Again, uh, all over the land, from Big East in the Madison Square Garden to Pac-12 in Vegas to a Big Ten in the United Center that we're about to talk about soon, uh, or or in uh, in the case of the SEC, it's Nashville. Uh, I'll be this weekend in New Orleans with the Sun Belt Conference Tournament and the automatic bid there. But, I mean, <laughs> whether you're talking uh, Atlantic City, where they play the A-10, uh, or Kansas City, where they play the Big 12, it's just a great week, and that's what Deshaun and I are having fun talking about. All right, a couple minutes left with you. Big 10, we saw Michigan State capture uh, the share of the Big Big Ten title with the win over Michigan. Um, a great victory for them. Great comeback in the second half. They get the sweep of the Wolverines in this matchup. Um, all right, so at the top, you've got Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, and Wisconsin, the four teams that everybody's looking at. Now the intrigue is a team like Indiana that won both of their games late in the week and over the weekend. How dangerous is Indiana? They would be slated to play Michigan State in the quarterfinals. They would potentially be slated to play Wisconsin if they win that game. How dangerous is Indiana going into this tournament, Deshaun? I think anybody that um, that that is on the bubble uh, and, and not trying to play, you know, I think that the main thing for Indiana is once you enter, when you have the mindset of entering the conference tournament like it is the NCAA tournament, you can be dangerous because there's so many other teams that are mailing it in where it gives teams like Indiana a lot of confidence going into the conference tournament and just knowing that it's, it's, it's winner go home for them. And so uh, I do think that they still need to do some work. Are they, do they have to do as much work as other bubble teams do? 
Probably not. However, uh, they're on a winning streak right now, and they've got some pretty good, you know, wins under their belts already. They beat Michigan State twice. They swept the season there. I think they beat Marquette and a few other teams as well. Uh, so they, they they certainly look good in those regards. Uh, they got a really good team, and, and Archie Miller is a really good coach. Uh, I think they they will more than likely be regardless of where they lose in the conference tournament. In the event that they don't win the conference tournament. I do really believe that they're probably in that quote-unquote play-in game or first four uh, that will probably take place like in, in Dayton or something like that. But they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they are a good team and they're very streaky. And for right now, they've, they're on a few game winning streaks, so uh, they, they can definitely make some noise going forward. If they well, hang uh, Again, to, to get this done, they're going to have to beat Michigan State a third time, like you mentioned. They beat Wisconsin in the double overtime game a couple of weeks ago. They'd have to beat them again. And if they lose, if they lose after that, let's say, in the championship game, that's a 15th loss. And Deshaun, no team with 15 losses has ever, ever, ever gotten an at-large bid. There have been 15 loss or worse teams get an automatic bid. But nobody with 15 losses has ever gotten in at large. So their next loss is their 15th loss if it comes. And again, if it comes to Michigan State, they're done. If they beat Michigan State, then there's maybe some question marks. And then if they beat Wisconsin, it's a very strong argument playing in the Big Ten title game that Indiana should be in there. So uh, we'll wait and see. Give me, give me one off-the-cuff prediction out of the Big Ten tournament sorting out. Who do you like? If, if you had to pin down and pick a team to win it, who do you like out of the Big Ten tournament? What do you think, Deshaun? It, it pains me a lot to, to go against Michigan State at this point just because of my personal ties there. Uh, but I still think that Michigan is a team that right now, you know, they, they've struggled a little bit and so forth. But they're still a, a, a good team, a quality team that I think is still a national championship contender, let alone a Final Four contender. Uh, just coming straight off of, you know, they got a lot coming back from the uh, from, from their runner-up. Uh, for the national championship game. And, of course, a lot of that is going to rely on them getting Charles Matthews back, who didn't play in the game against Michigan State from an injury standpoint. But I like them, and they're right there. And, obviously, Wisconsin, a team that is going to battle and bruise you. And I call them the San Antonio Spurs of college basketball with their style of play. They're really basic. They rebound the basketball. You better bring your your your, your lunch pail and your hard hand, your first aid kit when you come to play those guys, that's for sure. <laughs> going to be a lot of fun to watch all of this unfold again. Follow this man at Tate's Take Sports. Uh, on uh, on social media, he's on the Atlanta radio station 97.9 The Game as well for all the college basketball. He's got the extra TVs. You almost got to have extra eyeballs for this week for all that's going to unfold. Deshaun, I look, I look forward to talking to you coming off of championship week and all throughout March. Thank you for some insight heading into the conference tournaments. I appreciate it, my friend. No, no, no problem. I just want to throw this one little nugget in there at you, TJ, real quick about Michigan State. This is a team that has beaten Michigan twice swept the season without two starters. No excuses for Duke being without one starter, without a whole bunch of McDonald's All-Americans. Michigan State is without Joshua Langford and Nick Ward. Definitely uh, would likely have Nick Ward back for the conference tournament. But you look at this Michigan State team from last year who came off of, you know, they, they, they uh, between Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr., two lottery picks make potentially make it to the final four the next year they did it back in 2014 uh, or sorry 2015 making it to the final four after losing two lottery picks in uh adrian payne and gary harris so that's just a little shot let's see what michigan state can do in that big 10 tournament deshaun thanks enjoy all the games brother 
Thank you so much. All right, there you go. That'll do it for this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. My thanks to Deshaun Tate there in Atlanta talking some Big Ten, some ACC with me. Ari Russell earlier talking Big East. We've covered it all on the buffet basically here today with Mark Wise talking some SEC and American Conference tournaments. Again, I'll be part of the Horizon League broadcast if you're hearing us early in the week here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Horizon League semifinals Monday night, championship game Tuesday night, depending on when you're hearing us. That's Wright State and Northern Kentucky is the top two seeds, but what's going to happen in this conference tournament as it will unfold here between these clubs uh, in Detroit and in the Horizon League. And then I get ready to call the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship. Georgia State, the defending champions, the defending NCAA tournament representative out of this league, out of Atlanta. They're going to be battling in New Orleans with the likes of Louisiana Lafayette and UT Arlington, UTA, uh, and all the different programs, Georgia Southern and Arkansas State and on and on that are battling in the Sunbelt Conference. We'll have the call on the weekend and championship Sunday of that championship game as well as part of two in so i'm excited to be part of all of that again follow me at buck sideline guy buc buck sideline guy again thanks to my guests to sean tate ari russell and mark wise for being with me thank you for being with us again subscribe to this podcast whether you found us through spreaker.com also subscribe on itunes or stitcher to college basketball coast to coast the show will come automatically to you we'll be back after selection sunday takes place with a special post-selection sunday podcast getting ready for the ncaa tournament excited for that for now i'm tj reeves enjoy the mayhem of the conference tournaments this week we'll talk to you after it all settles out and we know the field of 68 for the ncaa tournament on college basketball coast to coast